Hello, Jeremy. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> so normally at this point, uh, one of us, whoever's the host, and for this episode it's me, would ask the other one like a little chit-chat question. Right, 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 right. However, I don't have a chit-chat question because it's not just you and me today. Wait, wait. Is there someone else here? Yes. Yes, we have two other people in the room. It is not two guys in a franchise today. Today, it is four, four guys, guys in a, a franchise. franchise. So today, we have brought with us two special guests, <laughs> guest stars, guest hosts, uh, to join us in this episode and our next episode. So we have brought our firstborn sons. I can't believe we let them in the building. I know. It's, <laughs> what were we thinking? So let us introduce our firstborn sons. Jeremy, why don't you go first? I would like to proudly introduce my oldest. His name is Andrew. He's Say hello, a- Andrew. Hello. No, no, I said say hello, Andrew. Say hello, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. There you go. Now you're catching on. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I also brought my firstborn son, Lucas. Say hello, Lucas. Hello, Lucas. Hey! Hey. Quick quick studies, yeah. Quick, quick, yes, excellent. All right. Would you guys like to say anything about yourselves before we begin? Uh, First, uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, so funny. Um, yeah. you know, he's, he's on his best behavior. He's on his best podcast behavior. <laughs> nah, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I am 18 currently, living life, enjoying life, happy that I'm here. Uh-huh. Uh, Big old nerd like your father. Yeah. What? <laughs> hey, hey, Lucas, what do you do for work? I don't know that we need to quite get okay. that explicit about how incestuous all of our relationships are. Whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> Lucas works for the same company Jeremy does. Yes, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. And it is quite fun. I'm glad to hear it. But, but <laughs> what brings you to the podcast today? Well, you see, I had a... I, had a, I think it was like a potato sack thrown over my head this morning. Um... <laughs> Then I was, I was kind of like dragged somewhere, and the next thing I know, I'm here. So uh, you said you wouldn't use the potato sack. Well, the chloroform didn't work. I uh, had to go with something else. If it's know. old, I found that that yeah, it, yeah. It <laughs> I let it sit around too long. Clearly, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I was invited here today because uh, me and me and my dad, as well as uh, Jeremy and Andrew, were all watching a similar series and thought it was fun. And I, I said yes because. I like fun things. Cool. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. How about you, Andrew? You want to say something about yourself? I'm I'm 16. I was brought here unbeknownst to my will. <laughs> <laughs> he just grabbed me by the arm and was like, let's go, we're leaving. I'm like, what? what? That is not what happened. That is not what happened. Oh, uh-huh, sure. Hey. <laughs> no one in podcast up. land called TCF. We're, we're good fathers. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't listen to <laughs> we are excited, though, very uh, excited to have our boys here because we think it's going to be very fun to talk about, to have conversation about this, uh, our episode about the Netflix 2018 TV series Lost in Space. And we thought it'd be very fun because Jeremy and I discovered quite by accident recently <laughs> that both of us, completely independent of each other, had been watching this show with our sons. Mm-hmm. And so we decided, oh, that is too good an opportunity to pass up. So we are going to do an episode about it. 
and this is that episode. But before we get into the fun discussion about Lost in Space, we need to cue up our theme music. Jeremy, or would one of you boys like to push the button? Push the button, somebody. That was that was not the button. Try again. Yeah, Andrew, you want to try? Push you the gotta button. you gotta give us a good button sound effect. Press. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that didn't work either. Jeremy, okay, you want to show know what? It's yeah, done. let's All show right. it how it's done. Very good. The theme, the space theme by Adam Munro. Thank you, Adam, for your theme song. I love that. So, as I already mentioned, today we are discussing the 2018 Netflix series Lost in Space. <laughs> and so uh, we thought we'd begin by talking about our origin stories, our relationship with Lost in Space. So, mm-hmm. who would like to go first? I have a whole group here to <laughs> offer it to. It's, it's a little bit strange. Actually, I would like to turn it over to Andrew because he he's the one that got got this whole thing rolling for me at least. So why don't you tell us how you came about it, uh, what you like about it, what's your relationship with the series? Well, I don't 100% remember how I came across it. I think I was scrolling on Netflix I'm like, oh, this looks interesting to watch while I fold laundry. <laughs> and nice. And nice. I realized it was very long episode, so it should keep me entertained for a little bit. And then I just got hooked on it, and it was just amazing. I watched it while I was at the gym sometimes. Sometimes I'll just sit down and watch it. It was probably one of my most favorite TV shows. So when you started watching it, you knew nothing about it? No, nope. I've never even seen it. Did you know it was a reboot? Nope. Nope, didn't know it was a reboot. So so for those, uh, for, for our fellow younger listeners out there who might not know... This TV show, Lost in Space, is a reboot of a TV show from the 1960s. It is, it is, Lost in Space is a title that is classic mm-hmm. in the annals of science fiction. Very and classic. and the, the catchphrase, danger, Will Robinson, danger, that is a classic sci-fi catchphrase. Danger, Will Robinson, danger, no Will Robinson, danger. Like, um, you know, I we just did our... Catchphrase, fun segment, and I don't think we did that one. No, we did not. I think I didn't chose choose it just because it's so obvious. It is because it's it is. so well it's known. Up. I didn't want to give you a total freebie, you know, when you were trying to guess I'll franchises. Open the airlock, you know that. Yeah, it is yeah. that iconic. Yeah, it's, that's right. It's, it's right yes. up there with with Hal and yeah others. That's mm-hmm. fun. Was it just the the did the name catch your attention or the graphics or well just when the I fact first that it's saw it. Pretty sure the profile picture was different back when I started watching it, and it just caught my attention because it sort of had that sci-fi realistic look to it, uh-huh. and it was just, um, it was very highly rated for me, and I was just like, okay, this seems interesting. Let's go for it. All right. Thank you, algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they work. Well done, Netflix algorithms. <laughs> Excellent. Actually worked for once. Yay. So then, so then you got your dad into it. 
Yes, yeah, so you few started years, watching together. Yeah, yeah, a few years later, um, when I was full completely out, I'm like, hey, I think you would like this, and I got him hooked. With yeah, it. he did. He did. Nice. Mm-hmm. Did you know what existed, Jeremy? I I had heard rumors of it, but you know, when you don't have much time to to watch things or go searching for fun new stuff, you know, those things get filed away, and you can either do something with them or you don't, and I. Unfortunately, did nothing with that, but I, I I knew of its existence, and that was about it. Speaking as a fellow father, I know <laughs> that if my son comes to me and is like, "Hey, we should do this together," and your <laughs> teenager says we should do something together, you do yeah. not pass that no. up. <laughs> no, <laughs> unless it's skydiving or bungee jumping, in which case I'll gladly pass on that. He has passed multiple times. That's a total lie. I <laughs> asked for two years straight to go skydiving for my birthday. I would. Yeah, you know what? The, the, yeah. I am not the problem what? in that. <laughs> why why fall out of a perfectly man, good airplane? <laughs> Number one, the biggest problem with that scenario is your mother. She would not allow us to go skydiving. Because <laughs> frankly, I have always wanted to go skydiving and love the idea of being strapped to somebody and falling uh, out of a plane and just being like flying. The other side of it is I think I might be a little too big to qualify at this point. I would have to lose significant amounts of weight to uh, for any for any fine. guy to a bigger parachute. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we digress wildly. So let's go back. So Jeremy, so what did yes. you think when you started watching it? What did what was your first what 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 is now your relationship with this new Lost in Space? It is almost a new experience for me for Lost in Space. I never really did watch the original series. Uh, my dad did. Um, but, you know, like so many of those things that, that aired on, uh, as reruns on PBS and things like that, it, it didn't really grab my attention as a little kid, Mm -hmm. but I love this series. I love what they've done with it. And, and it is, it is one of my favorite shows, especially to watch with my son. So I, I, I genuinely appreciate it. And like you, you mentioned, if a teenager wants to do something with you, you do it. And generally, they know you better than you think they do. So they know what'll grab you and, and hold you. All right, now so. you're saying scary things. So oh, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to <laughs> Lucas. Now, Lucas, did did I suggest we watch this or did you suggest we watch this? Yeah, it, it was essentially just flip-flop. Uh, okay. I had no clue what it was. You had some idea because you had... I'm pretty sure you I came knew up it was to a me. Reboot. Yes. Yeah, I knew I, it was I, a reboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure you came up to me saying... Hey, there's this reboot of a fun show that came out, like, I think you said when I was a kid or something like that, and I was like, well, we've checked out a couple of these, and they were all pretty fun. I'll go with it, and then went along with it, and now here we are. So what do you think? I think it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I haven't really lost interest. It's one of those shows that, like, one of us can just go up to the other and be like, hey, you want to watch Lost in Space? Yeah, why not? Right? Like, quite literally just yesterday, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) you came up to me and you asked, Hey, you want to go watch The Lost in Space? And I was like, sure. And then we watched The Lost yeah. in Space. It was nice. great. Nice. Nice. Same here. As you might recall, everybody, last episode we spun the wheel of random episode selection and it returned for us. I lost track of verbs for a minute. It, uh, Words it, Yeah. It, uh, the wheel landed on 
uh, season two, episode four, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is called Scarecrow. So let's just do some info facts. Lost in Space, the 2018 Netflix series, is based on the 1960s TV show by Irwin Allen, which apparently was based on the Swiss Family Robinson. This TV series was based on uh, was developed by Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless. How cool is that name? Burke wow. Sharpless. Cool. Anyway, it is starring because these are lesser known uh, stars. I'm going to tell them who's starring. It's starring Toby Stevens as John Robinson, Molly Parker as Maureen Robinson, Maxwell Jenkins as Will Robinson, Taylor Russell as Judy Robinson. Mina Sundwall as Penny Robinson, Ignacio Ciriccio as Don West, Parker Posey as Dr. Smith, and Brian Steele plays the robot. Mm. So give give the voice actor unless that's oh, you know what? Brian Steele looks looks like a big dude in the in the in IMDb. So yeah. he he I don't know, maybe he's the uh, motion does, capture? I think uh, he is. I think he is, yeah. He must be both motion capture and the voice, I'm guessing, because there's no voice credit for the robot, in uh, at least in the IMDb cast. Then we've got uh, composers. Christopher, Christopher Lennertz and John Williams composed the original theme. Which I love the way. Well, maybe we'll talk about this a yes. little more later. But the theme music for this version of Lost in Space is a riff and on the original theme song, which is another iconic sci-fi mm-hmm. sound. been three seasons uh, with a total of 28 episodes. The executive producers were Neil Marshall, Zach Estrin, Kevin Burns, John Joshny, Matt Sazama, Burke Sharpless, Mark Helwig, Alex Graves, Brad Van Aragon, and Jabbar Raisani, with producers Brad Van, Van Aragon, Carrie Drake, Catherine Collins, and Scott Schofield. It was produced in Vancouver, British Columbia, with cinematography by Sam McCurdy. It was uh, originally released April 13, 2018, and ran through December 1st, 2021. As said, it is a reboot successor to the 1965 TV series, also called Lost in Space, and a 1998 film, a movie version, also called Lost in Space. So uh, so this is a true franchise 
if you were unaware of that. With those info facts, we turn to our synopsis. The Wheel chose episode four, mm-hmm. right? Episode of four two, yes. of season two called Scarecrow. So what I thought I would do is, for those who might not have had the chance to watch all of season two, I am going to provide a season two synopsis. Again, turning to that wonderful resource called YouTube for this time, uh, the YouTube channel Recap and Chill, (laughs) which is a very fun name and very apropos for a Netflix show. Recap and Chill did a season two synopsis that we will provide right now. In season two of Lost in Space, the Robinson family, along with Don West and Dr. Smith, have spent seven months aboard the Jupiter, stranded on an oceanic planet. After discovering a metallic trench seemingly created by the alien robots, the Robinsons use the trench and a lightning storm to create a power surge in the Jupiter that launches it back into space. The crew aboard the Jupiter make their way back to the Resolute, but upon boarding it discover that it had been evacuated seven months prior. The Robinsons discover that Sar had attacked the Resolute to steal back the engine while the robot had helped the people evacuate. Smith takes this opportunity to access the Resolute's files and delete all of the incriminating evidence against her. Eventually, a new Jupiter arrives on the Resolute carrying Ben Adler, the ship's head of technology. He explained that a robot codenamed Scarecrow, recovered from the spaceship that crashed on Earth, had secretly been the Resolute's pilot, as the alien engine required a robot for it to work. And now that Scarecrow was critically injured and their engine was stolen, they had no way to pilot the Resolute. The colonists were all stranded on a nearby planet, awaiting for a fix for the Resolute. Luckily, the Robinsons had their own alien engine that the Resolute could use. Now they just needed a working robot pilot. When Will touches the ship's engine, he sees a vision of Robot's location on the planet below. Will, Maureen, and Adler head down to the planet's surface to find Robot, but on the Resolute, danger is lurking. The ship's leadership is back on board, and the ship's intelligence officer, Hastings, reveals that the Resolute's water supply was not enough to support all of the colonists. Attempts to bring water from the planet failed, as its water contained a parasite that destroyed metal. And so Hastings planned on leaving all of the colonists still on the planet's surface behind as soon as a new robot pilot arrived. Will's group are tricked and attacked by Sar, but Adler uses a lethal experimental weapon to kill the alien. Will then reunites with the real robot, and Adler is surprised by the robot's display of genuine empathy. When they bring the robot back to the Resolute, John informs Maureen of Hastings' plan to ditch the other stranded colonists. Maureen discovers that a nearby gas planet's ammonium could be used to decontaminate the parasitic water supply, allowing the stranded colonists to be rescued. And so the Robinson family stages a mutiny. Maureen and John rush to collect the ammonium, but Hastings has his own tricks up his sleeve. Years prior, after Will Robinson had failed the test necessary to be accepted into the colonist program, Maureen had made a deal with Hastings to alter Will's results in exchange for the Resolute's access codes. And so Hastings was able to take control of the ship and sabotage Maureen and John's plans, even attempting to have them killed. And so the mutiny fails. But Maureen and John survive, and the event causes the Resolute's Captain Kamal to trust Maureen's calculations about the ammonium, and allows them to proceed with the Resolute's backing, and Hastings is eventually arrested. Robot wants to take the injured Scarecrow back down to the planet's surface to repair it. When the Resolute guards arrive to thwart the escape, Robot stays behind to hold them off as Will and a remorseful Adler get Scarecrow onto a Jupiter and fly away. 
on the planet's surface, Adler sacrifices himself to help repair the broken Scarecrow, which then flies back to the Resolute with Will. But that's not the only ship flying to the Resolute. Just as all of the stranded colonists are back aboard the ship, the Resolute is attacked by an army of alien robots. Maureen is able to temporarily trap the army, but soon they would break free, and the colonists would stand no chance in the fight. Judy declares that the best option was for the Resolute's 97 children to board a Jupiter with the alien engine and have Robot pilot them through the space rift to Alpha Centauri. The adults would have to escape in separate Jupiters and hope to find another way to reunite with their kids. And so the Resolute children board a Jupiter captained by Judy and plan for launch just as the robot army escapes. Scarecrow and Dr. Smith sacrifice themselves to hold back the army long enough for the children to reach safety. The adults on board escape in their own Jupiters, but not before Maureen and John set the Resolute on a collision course with some debris, causing the Resolute to explode and destroy the robot army. As Maureen, John, Don, and the other adults pilot their fleet of Jupiters aimlessly through space, the children's Jupiter arrives at its chartered destination, but they had not been taken to Alpha Centauri. Instead, the signal they were following belonged to the Fortuna, a ship that had vanished 20 years earlier that was commanded by Grant Kelly, Judy Robinson's biological father. And that's everything that's happened so far in Lost in Space. Good synopsis. Very good, I like that. Yeah, that was helpful. Mm -hmm. All right, so. What did you guys think about Scarecrow? Take it away, please. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward silences. <laughs> I liked Scarecrow. I like Scarecrow. I I feel like I feel like I, I already forgot his name. <laughs> the guy well, that sacrificed so let's himself. Do, so let's Scarecrow. let's let's focus in on this episode of Scarecrow. So that was the synopsis of all of season two. So hopefully, if you had not watched all of season two and you didn't want to be spoiled, you fast forwarded a couple of minutes through that. But the episode Scarecrow is specifically a really important episode mm, because yeah. it is the episode in which the security dude, whose name I also can't remember, reveals yeah. the secret that the Resolute was actually piloted by a robot. Yes. And so yeah. it brings full circle the whole, the whole robot centrality to the to the whole show of Lost in Space. The fact that Scarecrow exists, the fact that Scarecrow was the pilot of the Resolute, the fact that it was the interdimensional e engine of the robots themselves that made the Resolute possible, uh, all of that is revealed in this episode, and, it, and that then sets up what comes next with mm -hmm. the idea of the mutiny and all of that. So what did, so what did you guys think? I felt like it was an absolute bombshell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was definitely one of those things where, like, I was watching the episode, and uh, say I was distracted or or something like that. That would be the episode I would like do a double take, if not like a triple take. Like, mm. wait, wait, huh, huh? Like, <laughs> wait a second, you're telling me? Because, <laughs> because uh, was it? It was just the resolute, right? That would bring people to and from. Yeah, it was the yeah. only human ship that yeah. was that was transporting yeah. colonists. That's why each colonist group had to wait until the Resolute got back to yeah. to for the next group to to leave. And so when when Will Robinson is you know he always records with that mm -hmm. this is Will Robinson of the twenty fourth colony group, which which means that mm -hmm. Scarecrow had made twenty three trips to Oof. and from Alpha Centauri prior to this the uh, the fateful Robinson trip. Yeah, because I think until this episode, I hadn't pieced that together, like, fully, that, like, it was just this one ship that was only able to do this this big trip, mm -hmm. and, it, yeah. and that was it, right? Like, I, I, I guess I always thought, like, it was odd, because 
planet's dying, right? People are going to want to get out of there, right? I understand they got to pass the tests and everything, but I feel like if they had one ship, they could have made another, but I, I, this episode kind of set that... the number of humans yeah, that could get off yeah. Earth. Yeah. This episode yeah, kind of, yeah. like, clicked it where I was like, whoa. Yeah. So that's what's going on. That That's... I, this episode is definitely a monumental episode in the entire mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts from you two? Yeah, but at the very beginning of the episode, it shows that during their time, that's when the spaceship crafted of, I'm pretty sure it was Scarecrow's um, space shell. But then if you were to also think during the recap, they, were, they also saw the Fortuna, which was also another ship that trans- tried transporting people, but ended up getting lost. Right, yeah. right. Because yeah. it didn't have so, it didn't have the engine. The yeah, yeah, engine. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And it's also it's also the very beginning of this episode mm-hmm. of the Scarecrow episode shows the you know sort of archival news footage from the, from the flashback yeah. of the whole like the Christmas star thing, yeah. the, the yeah. meteor that right, that right. most of humanity believed to be a natural occurrence, and mm-hmm. up until this point in the show. We hadn't had any reason to think otherwise. We, mm. you know, we, the audience, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, would have believed, oh, the Earth is dying because some random meteor hit it, and so all of humanity came together to figure out a way. But as it turns out, the random meteor that hit it mm-hmm. was the spa- was was Scarecrow's mm. ship and Scarecrow and, and and the engine and Scarecrow himself from the ship, the very thing that's killing Earth, provided the means by which humans. Could escape Earth. It's a real. It's wonderfully. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. wonderfully complex in uh, storytelling in terms of uh, the the interconnections between the, dis- the 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 robots being simultaneously destroyers and mm-hmm. and sal- and saviors. Mm-hmm, you know, because yeah. that's that seems to be a real theme of the whole series. Is mm-hmm. is are the robots destroyers or sa- saviors? Can they be saved? Can can they save us? Do they have to be destroyed? Do we have to be destroyers because they just wanted to, you know, it's it's all of that wonderful mm-hmm. morality that, that centers around Will Robinson because yeah. then yeah. that's the other piece of this episode and central to the rest of season two is Will's relationship with his robot and with the robots in general and his thoughts about the robots in general. So what I noticed about this episode is it, it kind of, uh, played along a very, very common trope in sci-fi, which is who is really the monsters, you know? Are the monsters yeah. the monsters? Or are the people the monsters? And I know it's it's kind of overdone, but they did it in such a way that it didn't feel overdone. Yeah. And and it it does call that morality to mind that is, is humanity really capable of doing things without hurting others. I I do believe, for the record, that human beings can do a lot of good things, but at the same time, you have this entire cast of people around them, and the the people on the Resolute, the people in the individual Jupiters, the people on the planets, the people that created the whole program to get humans off-planet. There is a very large number of them who are justifying in their mind the horrible things that they are doing, not just to the robot, but to other people for the sake of either their own power or to maintain an order that they have formulated in their head as necessary. 
a rationalization I, around the idea yes. of it's okay for us to torture this sentient being into doing our bidding because through doing that yeah, we are saving exactly. all of humanity. And then and then you've got the individual nature of people like Dr. Smith who is willing to do horrible things to save themselves from the repercussions of the horrible things that they've done in the past. It it's it's a very very complex web that is in and of itself when simplified a trope but in this case it doesn't feel tropey it feels like it's something that is like a strong bonding in this story that's one of those things that drew me in this episode is that it was very much a who is the real monsters here obviously the the robots did some horrible things when they initially attacked in what you see in season one when they attacked the ship they attacked the resolute and started ripping it apart and killing indiscriminately you see that as an inherently evil act but you have no context for it Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. this episode is when you start getting that context yeah that there are no innocent and in this and in a non-spoilery kind of way, season three just expands on that. Yes. In terms of providing oh, yeah. context for the robots' behaviors and choices and that sort of thing. One of the things that I found most appealing and interesting and effective about this Lost in Space series, in contrast to the original Lost in Space series, mm-hmm. is that in the original Lost in Space series and in the 1998 movie mm-hmm. version of Lost in Space... The plot of that TV show and that movie was this family, the Robinsons, goes out into space in a, in a, in a ship called the Jupiter, and they get lost. And it's mm-hmm. just the family. Yeah. And it's the family, you know, the original TV show mm-hmm. was the family, you know, going to different planets and, and, and Dr. Smith and, Dr. and Dr. Don Smith. Wist, right? It was Doc, and, and I, I don't remember... I'm not certain, to be honest, my familiarity with the original TV show is very surface and very much just about the the, the memes and the, the yeah, things okay. like catchphrase yeah. and yes. catchphrases and the, uh, you know, what I know is the catchphrase, the music, and I know the relationship between Will and his robot and Dr. Smith and the robot were echoed in this new series in mm-hmm. the fact that in mm-hmm. the idea of in the original series, Dr. Smith was always trying to get the robot away from Will. That was that was yes. one of the main plot points, but the idea was it was this family and Doctor Smith and the robot having adventures on many planets. Mm-hmm. The main difference between the original series in the '60s and this series is the this the presence of these colonists. Yes. That there is so much more humanity. So all of the drama in the original series is between among is within the family, mm-hmm. right? Is is between those main five people, the four family and Doctor Smith and the robot. But here, you the Robinsons get to team up uh, in relationship to other humans, whether it be the other colonists or the captain and the command crew or the the security guy or the scientist who who you know who got to know Scarecrow and tried to be friends with Scarecrow, but then ultimately bowed to the necessity of torturing Scarecrow, etc. Adler was his name. That complexity, I think, makes this a next level show and allows mm-hmm. for exactly what you were just talking about, Jeremy, the trope of who is the monster. You know what I mean? And it allows yeah. and it allows to play for it. The the other the other difference is that in the sixties TV show, the robot was Wills from Earth. It was just his robot. It mm-hmm. was it was the far future in which 
humans had robots, is my understanding anyway, I might be wrong, but it was just always Will's robot. Uh, here, the robot, the fact that Will's robot turns out to be a member of a species of right, robot yes. that becomes one of the main antagonists in the whole series, I think was just brilliant and a mm -hmm. wonderful way to play with that sci-fi trope of who is the monster. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, that's, oh. yeah, that's, I think that's a great point. That's the, a great point. The one thing that I did actually, uh, that, that kind of bothered me about this episode was at the very end is when Will goes and touches the, the, the support column that's got the scars and the marks and everything from the battle between his robot and uh, the other robots that he touches it and then it immediately has visions. And you, so you brought the metaphysical into a story that, and I know it was a deus ex machina. Right. That's that's <laughs> exactly what it was. It was used to further the plot, but it, it kind of lost me for a minute there because it didn't have that metaphysical aspect to it before really in any meaningful way. And now they've... Certainly not as explicitly. Yes. Because there is... there plot device. Because I think it's always been implied or hinted at mm -hmm. that there was some... There was There's some... Connection, yeah. Connection between Will and his robot mm -hmm. that was unique. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was... That was beyond just the... Ro he, he, he saved the robot's life and so the robot was grateful for him. Yes. You know, that yes. kind of thing. There is... There, there, there was something there hinted at. And... Uh, yeah, I get that. I, I would go further and say that during either this episode or previous or future, Adler, the scientist who was working with Scarecrow, also picked up on that and kind of brought it more towards the light in terms of this is actually a yeah. special bond. Yeah. And this is this is not something that's just like, bam, bam, boom, you're my robot, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's yeah. something that is special. Because, as you said, Adler uh, originally had wanted to form a similar-ish bond, or at least seemingly Yeah, it's to. clear that he is totally <laughs> jealous of Will yeah. and oh, yeah. his robot yeah. over, over yeah. the relationship he wanted to have and, with Scarecrow. And you see that further along in Season 2. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You do yeah, see that for sure. further along. Yeah. So, what what's your thoughts on it? Well, when I, we were talking about the spaceships and how they crash, it made me remember back to the very first episode where Will actually finds the ship. Uh -huh. And it mm -hmm. reminded me of how very similar they were from the start of um, the season 2, episode 4, Scarecrow episode. How it was a spaceship landed and they found, oh, this robot can pilot us to here. And the first episode, Will finds the spacecraft and finds the robot, which is not... Anything that he's seen, so it just made me think about it—the parallelism. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Good, good parallelism. That yeah, that that Will discovers his robot yeah. like in half, ironic. the mm -hmm. top mm -hmm. half of him, and the Scarecrow has only got the top half of him, and yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, like a little bit ironic. How they sort of—he yeah. technically sort of saved a little bit of both, and so did Adler. Adler helped with Scarecrow, and so did Will, but Will helped with Robot. Uh huh. Yeah, so from it's the sort jump, of a a relationship between sort of the two. Yeah, Can I, you, uh, I I I do want to bring up how interesting, and it just occurred to me, the irony in having these robots pilot the ships 
when the only real experience we have with them is crashing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know? That's true. <laughs> I mean, it's like, really, guys? Yeah. You're going to put your life in these hands and the only I mean, experience you have with them is flubbing and I believe, fumbling the football. I, be, I, believe, I believe you have just crossed the line, Jeremy, into thinking about it too much. I mean, there's usually a line, a point in time, in all sci-fi, where, like, don't think about it too much. And I think we just crossed that line. I mean, if you were to think about it, they technically control the robots by putting that sort of wire into the skulls or the headpiece, what? And then they would control them because they're the only ones that can maneuver it, but mm-hmm. if they were just to do it by themselves, they'd either, one, attack, or purposely try and kill everyone. Yeah. I, I think I think that wire shows greatly <laughs> the difference between, like, if you, if you will uh, humor me, right? The difference between the necessity and thought process of, like, adults when they find something that can save them versus a kid who just wants to help something he's never seen right yeah. that, i think that also oh, yeah, shows yeah. like yeah. how brave will was during during that beginning bit because mm-hmm. imagine you encounter a giant killer robot about to die and you're like eight well what what's your first thought process actually yeah now that i'm thinking about it back i think it was in the first season where they actually did the test on will he did not ha- pass the um the stress test mm-hmm. when he was oh, in yeah, that yeah, chamber that was. yeah he didn't pass that so Thinking about it, he was not that brave until he met Robot, which he gained that confidence in himself, which right. allowed him to grow and change. Yeah, I'd say of all the characters in the series, Will is the one who has a development arc. Like yeah. he's oh, yeah. the one who yeah. changes more mm-hmm. than any other character. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, Maureen and John they reconcile, you know, because mm-hmm. they begin the 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 series mm-hmm. completely estranged from each other. So they reconcile, and the other kids also do some some growing up and and changing and maturing but it's will who goes from child to man in yeah. the course yeah. of the ep- of yeah. the series yeah. yeah now i thought it was really interesting and along this same vein you see will starting to struggle with the same things that have captured adults in that thinking about yes. you know who is really the monster what there is and, right, what and is him wrong. realizing that it isn't as black and white as uh, a, a young, undeveloped child mind makes it. And now he's starting to struggle with those very, very, very difficult concepts mm-hmm. and having to navigate a world where there is no right answer. And that's another way in which this series, in a, in a, in a really fascinating and, and wonderful way, echoes the original series because mm-hmm. in the original series in the 60s, Dr. Smith was always trying to corrupt Will. Yes. Was always developing a relationship with with the child Will. Ultimately, Doctor Smith wanted the the power of the robot for mm-hmm. him himself yep. because in the original series it was a him, of course. Right. Doctor Smith was mm-hmm. a he. Um, but uh, in this series, you know, Doctor Smith cultivating that relationship with Will, trying to you know, and and all of the Robinsons' experience with Doctor Smith, I think, mm-hmm. was pushes all of the children towards yeah. having to view adults and the world and and the situation they're in with some more complexity because dr smith is nothing if not complex in terms of mm -hmm. trying to understand motivations and and choices etc any final words about lost in space before we move on to our next segment 
Yeah, what you were just saying about how he was trying, to, um, what Smith was trying to control Will, in the newer one, Smith tries to um, convince Penny because apparently it seems like Penny has a huge influence on Will, so it's mm-hmm. sort of trying to get a family member to try and sink that into Will that yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Smith is good and not evil. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. the only other thing I would like to bring up, too, is just, uh, and this is, go back to what you said about how the metaphysical mm-hmm. popped you out. Yes. I think the fact that they did such a wonderful job of making it grounded, realistic sci-fi. Yes. In the sense of, you know, I love the idea of the, the Robinson family motto is basically like, there is always a solution, Just we just have to find it. Yes. You know yep. what I mean? And that that's yep. that sort of astronaut credo. You know, uh-huh. like, yeah. like it, it reminds me of, like, The Martian, you know, Andy mm-hmm. Weir's mm-hmm. book that, that then became the Matt Damon movie. You know, there's always a solution. You just have to kind of keep pressing and just one yes. one thing mm-hmm. at a time. Like, what is the next thing we have to figure out? What is the mm-hmm. next thing we have to mm-hmm. figure out? Mm-hmm. What is the next thing we have to figure out? And eventually yeah. we'll, we'll reach, uh, you know, yeah. we'll fix everything if, if we just work the steps and figure out mm-hmm. each step. I'm pretty sure the um what they always said is like the family motto is the Robinsons always stick together. Yes. That was yes. their motto. Yes. That is that is another. And Dr. Yes. Robinson Smith exploited that. Yes. she exploited yeah. that. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And why, she you knew. wind up hating her mm-hmm. on many levels. Hating well, her, yeah. when you basically first know about what she did to get onto the ship, and yes. then what she does on the ship. You, she's a sociopath, and yet she, I, yeah, she, she is. is not. But she's okay. also, she but she's not. But I don't think she's a psychopath. And she's I think insane. Parker Posey does such a beautiful job of she, portraying yeah. her as a human. You find yourself, at least I found myself at times, being like, "Yeah, I kind of feel sometimes. bad for yeah. her. Yeah, I kind of yeah, see her point. Yeah. I kind of, yeah. you know." But at the same time, and she you, does. You want to and, hate her, and she's yeah. she, but she does just enough good. Right. You know what I mean? And that's right. the brilliance of Dr. Smith. even more. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't stand him. Like, every time she tries to convince Penny, I'm like, God, I hate Smith. All right. So we are back. And our next segment, what we thought would be a fun topic of conversation is since we have two generations of nerds here, what we thought would be fun is since we're talking about Lost in Space, the reboot, and we've already had uh, lots of references in our conversation about this show to its relationship to the original show, what we thought would be cool is to talk about reboots from a generational standpoint. What I mean by that is sci-fi, fantasy, superheroes, all of those nerdy genres tend to reboot themselves. They tend to Mm -hmm. reimagine the same source material for a new generation. We talked about Lost in Space. Some other examples include things like Star Trek. Yeah. Began as a 1960s television show and then Mm -hmm. reboot in the 80s and 90s. Jeremy and I have Uh have enormous love and affection for the next generation. And now there is brand new Trek on TV that our children have the opportunity to watch and get connected to. Star Wars, the mm-hmm. same thing. Original oh, yeah, movies yeah. in the seventies mm-hmm. when we when Jeremy and I were growing up, now there's a whole new a whole new universe full of <laughs> Star Wars content. Yeah, yeah. You know, from video games to T V shows to both live action and animated to the newest movies there's that will books, continue yeah, on. You know, then stuff. in superheroes, comic books mm-hmm. have been around since the nineteen thirties. 
So there, there's like four yeah. different generations oh, yeah. of yeah. people who have come to know superhero characters. You know, it's it's a it's an old it's an old stereotype to talk about superheroes as our our mythology. Mm-hmm. But one of the ways in which they have in common that with with myths and ancient gods is that every generation gets reintroduced to these archetypal characters and connects to them in different ways. Yeah. And so we thought it'd be fun to talk about that and that phenomenon with our sons who represent <laughs> the next generation of nerds and talk about the differences and what they think and how that works. With what should we start, gentlemen? Pick a franchise so, and let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Is there is there a particular reboot, aside from Lost in Space, that you can think of that would be, you've got the new one, we've got the old one? Well, I think, I think the most commonly known one would have to be like some sort of either... Marvel or DC or mm. something along those lines. Probably Marvel, I think, honestly. Marvel is probably the biggest one, honestly. They, they might be the biggest one, but I think DC's been doing the reboots longer, honestly. I think DC has done more in terms of pop culture and yeah. multimedia. Yeah. DC, uh, Marvel has, the in terms of comic book nerds, I think you're mm. exactly right, yeah. Andrew, but I think in terms of, of just pop culture geeks, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. DC, because the first thing that popped into my mind when... when when we brought up this this topic, was Batman. Batman, Because yep. Batman, you've got the 1960s yes. mm-hmm. TV show, then you've got the 1980s Michael mm-hmm. Keaton Batman, yep. Yep. then you've got Christopher films, yep. Nolan, Batman Begins Batman, uh-huh. and in between the in between the in those movies, you've got Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. which in the 90s, which was beloved by so many yeah. Batman fans, and now you've got a whole new... A whole new thing uh-huh. with between Zack Snyder's Justice League Batman, between um, <laughs> the Batman, uh, which is about to have a sequel, Lego Batman, Lego <laughs> Batman. <laughs> ah, yes, 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 absolutely. So we're talking. So Jeremy, your Batman is uh, my Batman. Actually, was the original Adam West. Adam West. But, yeah, they were reruns when I was a kid. You know, I think that was probably one of the most iconic of of all the Batmans. Uh, so, so here's a question: yes. Have either of you two, our teenage sons, ever seen the 1960s Batman TV show? I can't say I have. I've okay. seen like a few things. I've seen like how they were originally like made, like how they had different layers for drawings and from, to, to, to add things yeah. like the bam and the yes. pow, yeah, yeah those yeah. cartoony <laughs> looks <laughs> to it, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, different yeah. layers. <laughs> original yes. Batmobile that that was you know it was cheesy yes. it was campy you you saw the strings in the show kind of thing but they did it almost as tongue in cheek let's have yeah. fun with this yeah. and that was my first experience with Batman and then going to the Tim Burton you know see I came to Batman so, through Michael Keaton yeah, Michael, Michael Keaton's Keaton my where... Batman which is why this recent Flash movie I have such radically uh. mixed feelings about but because uh, it's like it's like my Batman back on the big screen and what did you do with my Batman but anyway <laughs> came to the Adam West to the to the to the Adam West and, and Burt Ward Batman and Robin 
uh, after the Tim Burton really? Batman and Robin. So I was introduced to like dark, gritty, I'm Batman. <laughs> Don't kill me, man! Don't kill me! Don't kill me, man! I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. To then, then go back to watch the TV show. Yes. Whereas you had the TV show first. So, boys, what? who's your Batman? What's your, <laughs> who's your Batman? Uh, so, to be brutally honest, the first ever experience I had with Batman would be the Lego Batman Wii game. Yeah, oh! that'd be the same for me. Yeah, that'd be the same right. for me. That was That's... the very first... That, um, I think that, that shows the generational Batman. thing right there about how ours was TV. Yours and was film. TV, mine was film, mm. theirs is it's video games. Because, yeah. because Specifically second... video games based on a toy. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. my, my, my second ever Batman that I knew was, uh, I pulled up the name here because I couldn't remember, it was Kevin Conroy on the uh, Arkham Knight games. Oh, yeah. Who was yes. the voice of Batman in Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was Batman. Yes. He, yes, was he was Batman for, for all through the 90s. Who was yeah. the voice of the Joker, though? Come on, you know this. <laughs> you know what they say? A bat in the hand is worth two in the belfry. I guess you're going out on a laugh after all. <laughs> <laughs> She almost had me, you know. Arms and legs chained, dizzy from the blood rushing to my head. I had no way out other than convincing her to call you. I knew your massive ego would never allow anyone else the honor of killing me. Though I have to admit she came a lot closer than you ever did. Puddin'. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Mark voice, Hamill. <laughs> voice artist Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that for, for many, many nerds and geeks, Mark Hamill is as famous, if not more recognizable, <laughs> as right? the Joker than he is as Luke Skywalker. How about you, Andrew? What's What was your first Batman? It was pretty much mostly video games. I've seen a few like clips from like, Dark Knight with like, a voice actor and how they... Like blooper scenes that were actually put into the movies, uh. and a ton of different things, but mostly video games. But the first movie, don't you're gonna laugh about this, but it was the um, Lego Batman movie. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. very fair. Yeah. That is very fair. The very first one. So... I don't know why I started with that one. It was just random. No, I I am the exact same because I remember when I was a kid, I I, I was somewhat curious because I had known Batman from games. So I, I saw that we actually owned a couple of the different movies. Mm-hmm. But I remember you and mom going, you shouldn't no. watch those. No. <laughs> no. You, you gotta yes. wait until you're older. Yeah. So, funnily enough, it was Lego Batman was, I think, the first like film of Batman that I saw. Always bet on black. Batman? What are you doing? You're completely outnumbered here. Are you nuts? You wanna get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. Because I just wrote a song about how I'm going to kick all your butts. Stop him before he starts singing! 
Besides, like, him in other series, for example, uh, there was Young Justice, where yeah, I saw him from okay. time to time. Yeah. There, was, there was there was just a couple of different things where he, he'd be in certain things, but I never really watched something Batman until probably Lego Batman. Yeah. Well, and that's the fun of Batman, too, is yes. that Batman swings back and forth between, you know, on that pendulum between yeah. can't be silly and then all the way over to, like, dark and gritty and, you know. And, and very, very dark. Yeah. yeah like, some of yeah. Batman yeah. versus Superman. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Another right one. on that. Zack Snyder. Yep. 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 There's there's a, a few other reboots also, and you know you know that we're anime nerds in my family. There's yeah. actually quite a few anime reboots. Anime is not immune from that. Before we jump so, in, could I ask one last question? Sure. That because this is what sort of prompted me to suggest this topic for conversation, gentlemen, <laughs> sons. Have you then once you got into Batman? Watch Lego Batman, play Batman on video games, etc. Have now seen new movies like Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Do you have interest in any interest in? Do you ha- are you curious about? Do you want to go back and see the older Batman, or is it like now nah, this is my Batman? And I'm good. <laughs> I I will say I am interested in seeing the older Batman, but I would mostly stick with movies. I don't know if I'd mm. go so far as series. Depending mm-hmm. on how long the series is, but I I don't know. I feel like I'd sit better with movies. <laughs> it's just a, you just, can just, digest just it in smaller chunks. Yeah, than try yeah. Not to deal with it and then like series. maybe work that, up to series. But that feel okay. Work up to series. Okay, all right. Yeah. Because I was gonna say that mm. that feels to me like Batman specific because I'm pretty sure we're about to turn our attention to anime. Yeah. And, and <laughs> next episode, you're gonna learn more about how very different. My, my son and I are about anime, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that when it comes to anime reboots, you might feel a little differently about the whole TV versus movie thing. I don't, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jeremy, go. Well, no, I, I want to know about whether Andrew would want to watch any of the older stuff. Oh, yeah, good. Thank you. I mean, I'm more to like, I like some old things, but like just those cartoon feels of like those old, old, old 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 shows, they hey, just don't. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, they just don't fit right with me. That um, is prefer that's to fair. stick with the newer ones. That's fair, yeah. very fair. So you guys had the privilege of coming up in an age of <laughs> CGI and mm-hmm. special mm-hmm. effects technology that just makes things so much more possible yeah. on screen and in and in multi in media. That uh, that just wasn't wasn't available to uh, to Jeremy and I. It's, yeah, I have tried more than once to try and get like Lucas into the '60s Star Trek, and mm-hmm. it's it's a hard go with it's, the, it's the buttons sell. and the paper mache yeah. and the the, yeah. the plastic uh, costumes that the character couldn't move mm-hmm. its neck. You know what I mean? Yes. All that kind of yeah. stuff. It's, I will it's, say it's I have song. seen some clips. I don't know where it's from, but it's Batman. But the entire like helmet and everything. He can't move his neck. That's, so he's that's just Michael Keaton. That's Michael Keaton, Batman. Yeah, that's, yep. 
That is, yeah, yeah. That that is very much a Tim Burton thing. Very much a Tim Burton thing. Gotcha. But, uh, and it's not just anime, though, that is not immune from this. Cartoons and things like that, ones that we grew up with, ones that, you know, they've, they've rebooted almost oh. everything that was... Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, everything that was Saturday morning cartoons for us. Yeah. You know, where we sat yeah. there eating a bowl of Fruit Loops is now been updated and modernized. And I am like shocked that. that they have not that, that they have not rebooted the Jetsons or Fred, that, or the Flintstones. They did do a Flintstones movie back they did in a the movie 90s, but that was, when, it was live action yeah. and it was it was silly. Yeah, it was I mean, that, silly. The nineties was was big on the live action silliness. Yes, I mean you think about yes. the Batman movies of the nineties. Of course. Of you course. know what I mean? Those were those were crazy. But yeah, you're right. There although they there hasn't been as many reboots of the older older ones like the Hanna-Barbera stuff you know oh more of those are coming out though they have are, you seen they are. Netflix just dropped their new He-Man and the Masters of the Universe I was gonna say there's a, there's a He-Man coming out <laughs> it just came out that it's just out came now out. It, there's there's very few things in, in our entire you know nerdy world that's immune, uh, immune from it in anime we've got a lot of them actually we've got Trigun now with Trigun Stampede Dragon Ball, the entire Dragon Ball series, is a reboot from Dragon Ball, the original. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, mm-hmm. Super, Team Zenkai. Team Four Star. <laughs> <laughs> we also got the new Daima one that's going to yep. come out soon. Yep. Let's be real. It is Chibi Dragon Ball. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's Chibi mm-hmm. Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. We'll explain what chibi is later for you, Jerry. <laughs> I'm just sitting back here yeah. like, these are interesting words they are saying. Yeah. They are words. They no, make no. sound. But there's also a bunch of movies and things like that from when, before even Jerry and I, our time, that they've rebooted and stuff from our time. Notably, we've got Power Rangers and Jumanji and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is probably the biggest rebooted thing outside of comic books outside of like the dc and marvel yeah. universes it's probably the single biggest although tmnt is. started as a comic book it did start it did. as a and it's always had comic books that go oh, with yeah. it yeah which yeah. a lot of people don't know which i find really fun but you had you had the, the cartoon series and then you had three movies you had then another series and, the new and, and new out. movies you know I, I want to forget that the Michael Bay movie exists. It's just, okay. So I would like to raise you Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So many Spider-Man series. Had, so had many. Who's your Spider-Man? Me? Yeah. Personally, uh-huh. I like Andrew Garfield. But I was a Tobey Maguire fan for the longest time. Yeah. Tobey Maguire was... Because we, we got to watch Tobey Maguire yes. when it was brand mm-hmm. new out in theaters. Mm-hmm. But the thing is about Spider-Man is there wasn't as many, uh, the the media wasn't as varied. You didn't have like yeah. the TV shows and things like that that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had. The, the, there, there was horror. Okay, fair. Okay. But there was so. many Spider-Man series. I, I've seen yeah. at least three. I'll say that much. I, they yeah, weren't. They weren't. Plus but, now. Well, they they the aren't is, as big they or as big as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They weren't as. Uh, I remember watching Spider Man on Saturday morning. Oh cartoons. no, no, definitely, definitely yeah. watching Spider Man. But the idea that reboots are a bad thing is something that's you know uh, a lot of people, especially you mentioned Disney. 
Disney has this Ugh. penchant for rebooting things. Maybe not necessarily for better. Oh, there's better, so much hate for their live there action. There is. Uh, but the live action reboots are so hated nowadays. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that because I kind of enjoy some of them too. Well, but oh yeah. Just, yeah. I, I, I know I know we're opening up a huge can of worms here, but <laughs> yeah. we're, we're going to go back to the reboots here too. There's there's older ones, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, Planet of the Apes, and another mm. one that just came back to me. War the Day of the Earth Stood was was that was the Keanu Reeves. Yes, reboot, right? that was a Keanu Reeves. Which one was one? Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise did Tom the Orson Welles was, thing, right? Yes, he did War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. Yeah. Which, by the way, to date is the only movie that has ever actually given me nightmares. Really? Surprisingly, and I was not a child when I watched the remake. Oh. Huh. I don't know why it got me, but it did. It the did. Only and it movie was that's the ever sound. gotten the only movie that's gotten me was uh, the original Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, Freddy Krueger haunted my nightmares as a kid. Yeah, I watched it a little too young, and I'm a little mm-hmm. too sensitive. I do not do horror. That was sort of like that taught me very, yeah. very early. I do not do horror. I am not a horror guy. And horror is another example where everything gets rebooted. Oh yeah, over and over again. It's, you know, yeah. is there one that's not a reboot anymore? I mean, <laughs> it's it's got to be something really extraordinary, like what Jordan Peele has been doing, mm-hmm. or like some of the new stuff. You guys, what what's what's a reboot that you particularly love now, though? And and you knew it was or a reboot. What's, yeah, or yeah, what's something that you love that is a reboot that you never saw the original of? I think all of it. <laughs> Well, so many of the well, it's funny yeah, no, because true. it's generational. Because it is generational. like, like yeah. a lot of what you just brought up—the War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. the Day the Earth Stood Still—I've never seen the original of those movies. Mm-hmm. I've only seen the reboots, right? And I've and and there's a part of me that in those original, yeah. like, like go, like, like way back mm-hmm. sci-fi, like those are the earliest days of sci-fi movies. The Day the Earth Stood Still. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time watching them because they are like classic cinema that is. That where where they you you could tell they didn't know how to do this yet. Right. It was so, a new kind of thing, and I haven't seen those, so I'd imagine yeah. it's similar for you guys and stuff that was like when <laughs> we were kids. So it was a bit difficult for me to think. I I will have to say Wolverine if it counts and Fantastic Four. Yeah. I I never really saw any of the original ones, just some of the somewhat newer ones, and those ones were the ones that I know. Right, I, I haven't really seen some of the older ones. Besides that, I mean like. Avengers, or, or like Iron Man, and like the, those ones, mm-hmm. like the like the cartoons of those. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen those. I only really know like current MCU and movies mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen like anything besides maybe Spider Man in terms of animated series. So I'd say probably those. We could list a variety of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'd say those are probably the bigger ones. Pretty much the most biggest ones for me are mostly animes, like from Alchemist Brotherhood. That was one I watched a lot. Like, I've rewatched it, like, probably, like, two or three times now. And it's... I haven't watched the original, so... And mostly just popular ones like Avengers. I haven't mm-hmm. watched the original cartoons and popular anime that got rebooted. And no no desire to go back and watch them. Probably, probably not, no. Yeah, the new Reboots are probably better, honestly. Yeah. The, the reason some I didn't them, say many anime is because I am a big I, nerd in terms of I actually have gone back on many of them. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't... I, I could tell However, you, I wouldn't honestly expect them to go back and watch the original Power Rangers though. I you watched know? a few, a few I... of them. Yeah, no, we I, I put a few on for Andrew and he's like sitting there like, Dad, why are you making me watch this? And I'm like, 
go, go, Power Rangers. I want shut up, Dad. Well, you know what? You know what you just bring up though is the idea of. I suppose it does make a radical difference as mm-hmm. to whether or not the original version of it was designed for yeah. what audience it was designed yeah. for. In other words, yeah. if it was designed for kids, because like uh-huh. those original Power Rangers were designed specifically to appeal to kids after yeah. school. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Like they were all they would always like air in the afternoon, late afternoon, at right out so the kids could get out of school and then come home and watch watch Power Rangers, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I get where somebody who's a little bit older and and now so used to so much more a sophisticated visual palette yeah. as well as a storytelling. Agreed. I think I Agreed. can speak probably the best on that in terms of when I was a kid, I did watch some of the Power Rangers. Uh-huh. I watched like Dino Force. And, Dino Force. Uh, I was the one you watched. A couple Even other that, different ones. Those were, those were so far beyond... Like yeah, our yeah. generation, the original, yeah, but, the original but, Mighty Morphin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the other thing also is not just the target demographic, the target audience, but the time in which it was made, the the culture, the the world as it was. There was, dare I say, a bit of innocence to the things that we watched as a kid, yeah. as kids, yeah, where see, they yeah. don't have that. They did yeah. not grow up in. In a pre nine eleven pre internet world, yeah. Whereas yeah. we did, I yeah. I look at a look back at a lot of the eighties and nineties stuff as as being a bit more innocent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there was yeah. an innocence to the world because it had not been so jaded by so much that's happened in the last 24, 25 years. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think that's an excellent. Yeah. Point. So I think that's an excellent yeah. point. Right for this episode, <laughs> Lucas and I have concocted a fun segment to challenge Jeremy and Andrew with. So here's what we have come up with. All right, we are uh, we're we're now we're going to participate in equal measure. We could okay. have been mean, but we're not going to be mean. <laughs> so this is what we came up with. We thought about the fact that Lost in Space. All of its incarnations mm-hmm. have to do with a family getting, well, lost in space, meaning that they, they keep getting thrown or, or traveling to different places in outer space that they've never been to and don't know what they're facing, right? So we thought, wouldn't it be fun if since in the rebooted series that, we, that this episode is about, Will Robinson continues to make recordings on his little selfie camera uh, of <laughs> this is Will Robinson of the Twenty Fourth Colony Group. Uh, what if Will? What if the Robinsons got lost in space and found themselves in other franchises? What if? What if they were thrown into? You know? Oh, I don't know. The 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 Alpha Quadrant. Say uh, and found a uh, 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 you know a USS starship. What mm-hmm. if the, the Robinsons came, you know found themselves in outer space and ran across a uh, you know a blue telephone box in space? What would Will Robinson's recording sound like describing this franchise? So what we're gonna do is Lucas and I are going to give you three examples of Will Robinson recordings 
about which you must then name the franchise. Oh, We are then going to flip the script and give you guys three franchises that you have to ad-lib Will Robinson recordings about. Mm. All ready? All right, so I'll go first. I'll go first, okay? This is Will Robinson of the 24th Colonist Group recording. My family and I have been thrown into this part of space that seems to be very British. Everyone's speaking with a British accent, and there's one person who refuses to give us their name. They just call themselves the Doctor. And the Doctor's spaceship is bigger on the inside than on the outside. My mother is going crazy trying to figure out the physics of how this thing that the Doctor calls the TARDIS is working. We, we can't figure it out. In the meantime, the Doctor keeps waving this little this little device at our ship, and things keep getting repaired. We don't understand what's happening. You know, you, you gave you gave away you gave away the game when uh, you you said before that they came across a blue phone box yes, in yes. space. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, and, mm. and they they happened to wind up with the Doctor, uh-huh. Doctor Who. Doctor Who, mm-hmm. that's good. All right. Now, which one? <laughs> no, that's, right. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's that's another that's another that's a fascinating series where we could oh yeah where we could we could engage in that reboot conversation okay. because on the one hand. It never reboots; it regenerates. And yet, <laughs> and yet, different generations have their own doctor. All right, Lucas, you're up next. This is Will Robinson, the Twenty Fourth Columns Group. It appears my family and I have been thrown into a weird part of space. Around us are many different planets, but in front of us is what's really intriguing. It seems that there are many different people, I guess, that are all in d- a variety of shapes, but they all seem very fascinated with some sort of jewelry. It, it's, it's very odd that they all look greenish almost. I'm, I'm very confused on how they're breathing and still out here in space. Have you guys got it yet? Mm-mm. No. I think they do, and they just want you to keep going. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm thumped. All right. Well, the, keep going. Keep the, going. Keep the going. only communication we have established is with this this one man. He seems earthly. Uh, he says he was an Air Force pilot at some point, and, he, and he, he's the only one that we can properly speak to, but now that he's getting closer, it, they're definitely covered in some sort of green. They were wondering, since our ship is whitish, if, if we were a part of something? They all have the same symbol on their uniform <laughs> in different places. I know what it is. Okay, take, take is... a snack. Yeah. I'm going to guess Green Lantern. Yes, that is correct. Oh, one more yeah. word, one more word. What is it? The Green Lantern what? They said many shapes and sizes. The Green Lantern what? <laughs> I don't watch me. The Green Lantern is organized into a... What's the group of Green Lanterns called? The Green Lantern... Court. Court? Court. <laughs> court. <laughs> the Green Lantern Court. That's, like, wait a minute. That's what? a different thing. No. Core. 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 The core. Z-O-R-P. Wow, no, my brain, my brain just went... And the, <laughs> what I actually had initially thought of when you men- mentioned a bunch of green things mm-hmm. and one humanoid, mm-hmm. I was actually thinking of the little aliens from Toy Story oh, <laughs> and Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> I'm like, no, uh, wait, that, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a bit of a curveball. A bit of a curveball. Yeah. All right. This is Will Robinson of the 24th Colonist Group. And... 
I have to say, we are so excited. We were so excited because we, we appeared to have returned to Earth only to discover that it is overrun with aliens. And because we arrived unauthorized in our spaceship, this organization has taken us hostage to determine whether or not we pose a threat. And all of these people are wearing the same thing. All of these, not only humans, but some aliens as well, are wearing these these suits, and and all of their weapons are, are silver and shiny and are threatening to, to vaporize us into goo. We are very scared about being under the control of these people who will only identify themselves by one letter. What franchise are we in? Before. I'm going to take a guess, Men in Black. That's correct! Oh! Yeah. Andrew, killing this game. I know. Wow. <laughs> the sil- Silva and um, Sue Wang Aliens. That's Sue Wang Aliens. Okay, yeah. yes. All right, all right. <laughs> mm, that all right. Wow. me. Now, now, so this could go one of two ways. Uh-huh. Either we could then challenge you to do recordings of a franchise that we came up with, uh-huh. Or if you wanted, you could challenge us with one you choose, and then we have to name the franchise that we don't know. So which way would you like to go? Let's. Uh, can we take a look at the list real quick? Sure, sure. sure. This okay. is what this is what we these, This was our original thoughts. Lucas and I will will name the franchise. Okay. 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 I'll or mock you mercilessly. Oh no, I'm sure. I'm sure this this is not going to be much of a challenge because I'm not that creative. This is Will Robinson of the 24th Colony Colonist Group. We seem to have encountered a group of individuals that is, uh, quite frankly, terrifying. They refer to themselves continually as we, and something about wanting to take our bodies and assimilate us. And uh, I'm, I'm scared because there's nothing we can do to stop them. They just keep coming. Just keep coming. They are coming, and they keep coming. You you hold, hang on there, Will Robinson, because yep. a man with a French name and a British accent is coming to save you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That is Star Trek The Next Generation. Well, thank you. Actually, what multiple, episode? multiple no. Star Trek <laughs> Mul- multiple franchises. Because <laughs> the Borg feature prominently in Voyager as well. They do. They do. I could have just said... There are four lights. I don't know what they mean. <laughs> he keeps asking me how many lights there the are. Robinsons are being tortured by the Cardassians. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm fine. Go for it. This is Will Robinson of the 24th Colonist Group. It appears we've landed on a strange-looking desert planet with these huge-looking... I don't even know what to describe them as. a giant and full of hair. It seems that as these... People have been riding them with just no, nothing to worry about. I have no clue. There's a bunch of unnatural-looking creatures. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I will. I will guess Star Wars, but I will say I can't remember the name. I know. Uh, I know what they are. Are we talking about Hoth and Tauntauns? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I thought. I, w- I was thinking Naboo and the the. Yellow eyes, black hoods. Oh yes, oh, yeah. Couldn't okay. think of the names. Okay. Uh, yeah, the traitors. Yeah, the, 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 uh, no, the, the sand people. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. The sand people. Well, what are the yeah. names though? 
Sand people is not, not, not Naboo. The no. sand people is... This, uh, that is... Um, um, I'm mixing uh, my clan. Tatooine. Tatooine, Tatooine. Yeah. 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 I'm mixing my clan. Yeah, that's what I was trying to go for. Yeah. 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 Nice one. Good job. Yeah. Good job. I try. Hey, we had a live demonstration of generational difference because I was yes. a Tauntauns on Hoth, which right? was the original trilogy. <laughs> yeah. And, and okay. Lucas went immediately to the new, new stuff. That's fun. Okay. Um, last one. <clears throat> I don't remember what this is, so I'm actually going to have to guess. <laughs> I can't say this I is, remember either. This is Will Robinson of the 24th Colonist Group. Uh, we have met a man. He's wearing a cape, and I don't know why. But he keeps waving his arms around, and bright glowing circles appear. It's, it's, it's very confusing, and he... He was there, and then he wasn't. And then he walked through the wall. And I am very confused. I think I might have my robot tail him. <laughs> Boy, the Lost in Space robot against Doctor Strange. That would that, be the mashup. That, I mean, that's poor a, robot. That's a video you know game right there. Right? Yeah, that, just have him fall infinitely like he did the Loki. I must say, I'm a bit surprised since, you know, you, we, you, you gave us... I'm a bit but surprised since you gave us Men in Black, you know, on Earth. You didn't go for uh, for that thing on your shirt there. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it, but I I think if I said dinosaurs, it would I know be very... We, I guess I that's know fair. We, you could have had Will say, I, I know we got lost in space, but it seems we got lost in time as well. <laughs> uh, Is for this reference... an episode of Lost? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for reference, the shirt that, is Jurassic Park. That was fun. That yeah. went, oh that, yes, that was, I, I am wearing fun. a Jurassic Park shirt. So, for our final segment of this episode, and most episodes, we get to spin the Wheel of Random Episode Selection. <laughs> As we already explained last episode, to give you some advanced warning in case you wanted to really fully participate in our next episode, our next episode is all things anime. Specifically, it's uh, going to be a new episode type for us at Two Guys mm -hmm. a Franchise mm -hmm. that we're calling Pitch It. Yes. And Pitch It is where one of us no uh, loves and is, is deeply steeped in like a strong tea steeped in a particular kind of franchise and the other one knows next to nothing about it yeah and so <laughs> the one of us is pitching to the other that kind of that that franchise or that genre and in this case it's the whole genre of anime because the other three people around this table mm. are huge anime fans and <laughs> i know nothing i have seen nothing i have never gotten into anime at all and so jeremy pitched me anime by challenging me to watch the anime series erased mm -hmm. by watching the first arc of demon slayer and by watching the movie spirited away so next episode we are going to be talking about anime we're going to be talking about those three examples of anime my brand new experience and their veteran uh rewatches <laughs> For the sake of our audience who just wants to dip their toe in, as it were, we are going to spin the wheel that has all 12 episodes of Erased, 
all 26 episodes of the first arc of Demon Slayer <laughs> and Spirited Away, poor Spirited Away as one little tiny slice on the wheel uh, on, on the wheel. We're going to spin the wheel and see which particular piece of these three uh, anime franchises we're going to discuss in our next episode of Two Guys in a Franchise. So, alright, here we go. And we got Demon Slayer Arc 1 Episode 23. Episode 23. Now the wheel does not have episode names because that would be ridiculous to try and fit all of that on there. That's so give us just a moment to look it up and Episode 23 is called Hashira Meeting. So we are going to be discussing Episode 23 of the first arc of Demon Slayer Hashira Meeting in our next episode of Two Guys and a Franchise. Now, I think, because I happen to know for a fact that my son has listened to all the episodes of Two Guys and a Franchise thus far, I think he should be the one to read us out. Oh, huh. yes! So... How can the people? Uh, let's see if let's see if spelling issues run in the family. How, <laughs> genetic. how can how can people get in touch with us here at the podcast? Well, let's see. There's this cool little nifty website. I believe it's uh, what is it? Feedback at two guys in franchise dot com. That would be the email address. You have ah. to spell it though. You know. You know, for the people who've uh, never people. heard the show yes. before, who uh, need to know, uh, how, uh, uh, how does that email, how, how, would, how would it be? <laughs> you know, there's on. a number in there. Is it a number? Is it there's an and? Is that an ampersand? What do the people do, Lucas? I'll make it easy on you. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy is now writing in large letters on his <laughs> note system <laughs> to hold up like a cue card for my son. There we go. Uh, all right, it's uh, F E E B B A C K at the shift in number two. T W O G U I S A N D A F R A N C H I S E dot C O M. There you go. You got a Harrington to spell franchise. I will admit. So, our dear audience, we we invite you to either. Send an email to that address, wonderfully spelled out by my son Lucas, or visit the website twoguysinafranchise.com where you can post a comment or uh, send us an audio clip. Please send us an audio clip because we'd love to play something on an episode. And as we do every episode, Lucas, you can join us on this one. Andrew, you'll get to join us next time because you don't know what it is, but our, uh, our, our traditional sign-off is we wish everybody... Have a nerdy week.